after another exciting race weekend and this time coming from Talladega, we're going to be looking at things such as Jeffrey Earnhardt's run in the famed number three car, Noah Gregson's clean run to victory Saturday, as well as Ross Chastain and track house racing make getting a statement win as they continue their march to the playoffs. We're also going to be taking a look at Kyle Busch's comments Saturday and how silly season may be getting ready to kick off. We cover all this and more on this episode of Three Wide. All right, so as we get started talking about the Talladega weekend, y'all just bear with me through this episode. I believe the good old pollen here in South Alabama has done taking its toll on me. But we're going to work our way through it and discuss all things Talladega. And starting out the race weekend on Saturday, you had the Xfinity Series with Jeffrey Earnhardt and Austin Hill on the front row. Both drivers for Richard Childress Racing and the other RCR car, Sheldon Creed, would qualify fourth. So they were able to continue their dominating of super speedways over into qualifying and get three of the top five positions. Obviously, the story of the day was going to be Jeffrey Earnhardt driving the three car that his grandfather had made famous. Uh, he was also being crew chief by Larry McReynolds, who had come out of retirement to uh, crew chief for him in this race. Uh, Larry, as everyone knows, he led Dale Earnhardt to his lone Daytona 500 victory in 1998. So there was a lot of nostalgia going on over in the number three camp this weekend. Uh, would Jeffrey be able to get that car in victory lane as Dell Jr. has many times before him? It was going to be a, a thing to watch throughout the race. By the end of stage one, though, you had Josh Berry leading the way, getting the stage win, followed by Ty Gibbs in second and A.J. Allmendinger in third. Landon Castle came away with a fourth-place finish and Austin Hill in fifth. Justin Allgaier was able to finish in sixth, followed by Noah Gregson in seventh. Anthony Alfredo in eighth, Sam Mayer in ninth, and Brett Moffat rounded out the top ten. And as the race progressed, it was relatively quiet up until probably after stage two. We had a couple of medium ones, uh, nothing really, not the big ones that we're used to seeing at Talladega and any of the races there. Uh, but at the end of stage two, you had Justin Allgaier and Sam Mayer finish first and second, followed by Austin Hill in third, Brandon Jones in fourth, followed by Ty Gibbs in fifth. Drew Dollar making a second start in the 18 car. He finished in sixth, followed by Brandon Brown in seventh. Jeffrey Earnhardt was able to finish in eighth, followed by Mike Snyder in ninth, and Jeb Burton, the defending race winner, in tenth. And as the stages went on after, as I was saying earlier, the couple of, of medium-sized wrecks, you did have Chandler Smith get knocked out in his Xfinity Series debut driving for Sam Hunt Racing. He was obviously hoping for a more solid debut, uh, driving for a team like Sam Hunt Racing, who's had good runs with drivers like Parker Kligerman and uh, John Hunter Nemechek. Unfortunately, he, his day ended early. There was uh, Josh Berry and Brett Moffat also had some pretty good damage, especially Berry. He was ultimately able to uh, recover. His team did a great work on the car and able to continue. Uh, and then later on after that wreck, you had another one that wound up taking out uh, the, really the top driver in the Xfinity Series this year, Ty Gibbs. Uh, Brandon Jones, he got a, uh, some damage from that incident. Daniel Hemrick, the defending champion, also was uh, knocked out of that wreck. So it's been a, a tough start to the season overall for Daniel Hemrick. Obviously, he was hoping to build off that momentum from the last race last year where he won his first career race and the championship. Unfortunately, just, just has not been able to get that consistency going yet. And really towards the end of the day, Richard Childress Racing, who was having a strong day, they, their 
day took a hit big time as you had Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed both taken out in separate incidents, uh, leaving De- Jeffrey Earnhardt as the only RCR driver. Uh, Sheldon Creed, he had a pretty hard hit, uh, but he was luckily able to get out of the car under his own power and give an interview post-race. And Austin Hill, he had been one of the stronger cars in the field, showing that he is probably the best super speedway racer in the Xfinity Series, something that he carries over with him from the truck series where he was really good at Daytona and Talladega as well. And later as the race progressed and you would have, you know, your single car spins or a couple car accidents, it, it was the drivers were coming down to what would wind up being the last restart. And at this point, drivers were concerned about fuel. That was a, a little question that was kind of making its way through social media. And as they're coming through the trioval to take the green flag for what would be the last restart, Justin Allgaier pulls out of line. He was in the front row on the outside and had kind of taken control of the race. He had run out of fuel, and with his spot taken, Noah Gregson pulls up just as they're taking the green, and he really was able to use the momentum from having to accelerate to get in position to take over the lead. From there, uh, he was able to get by A.J. Allmendinger, who was running in second, and the race really went on from there. It was fun to see over the weekend, uh, mainly and also at the Xfinity race, uh, the last couple race, couple laps, excuse me, cars were going everywhere. You know, drivers trying to get any momentum, any run that they could to get a shot at the lead, at the win, at whatever position they could get. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt was making some really good moves in that number three car, just putting that car wherever it could go. It, it was fun to watch that black number three making diving to the inside and outside, just trying to make something happen. Ultimately, would not be enough as Noah Gregson was able to get the win, followed by Jeffrey Earnhardt in second. A.J. Allmendinger was able to finish in third, followed by Ryan Sieg in fourth. Landon Castle comes away with another top five, and followed by Anthony Alfredo in sixth. Riley Herps finished in seventh, followed by Joe Graff Jr. in eighth. Mike Snyder finished ninth, and Brett Moffitt in tenth. And Justin Allgaier would wind up being scored in 22nd position after, you know, really coming to that last restart, he was going to be the, the guy to beat, especially depending on what restart he could get with his teammate behind him. But just unfortunately, did not have enough fuel to make it to the end. Um, and as I said, the story of the day was going to be Jeffrey Earnhardt driving that three car. He was very impressive in it. And the big question after the race was, is this his only time in that car, especially this year? After the run he had, I would say doubtful. Jeffrey has spent most of his career in underfunded teams to mid-pack teams. And when he's had the opportunities, such as driving for Joe Gibbs a a few years ago and now RCR, he has impressed at least enough, I think, to get that shot in a top car. Most of his career he spent with Johnny Davis or JD Motorsports, uh, majority of his career. And JD Motorsports is a a team where guys kind of cut their teeth. They can have some decent runs in it. Drivers like Jeremy Clements, Landon Castle, Ross Chastain, Ryan Priest, Sheldon Creed, those are guys that have all taken turns in, in a JD Motorsports car. And, you know, Jeffrey's really, his results have been right up there with those guys. Uh, so I, I, you know, I see him making at least a, maybe a couple more starts he can get in that three car. Who knows, maybe by the time they go to Daytona later in the season, uh, he might get a, another opportunity in it. But time will tell on that one. And Noah Gregson, he kept his car clean all day, had a quiet day, led only seven laps overall, 
and gets his second win of the year. Uh, he continues to improve, as we've seen, you know, at the beginning of his Xfinity career to now. It's been a big, big step up for him. Now he's starting to become a more well-rounded driver, able to compete and contend at all sorts of different tracks. So if he can stay on this track, there, there's no doubt he could get a, a shot in the Cup Series, you know, possibly as soon as next year. He, he did say his 2023 plans are not made yet, which is early as it is. You know, that's no surprise there. Uh, this last season, it did take a little while for the news to break that he was coming back to junior motorsports, it seems like. So, you know, we'll wait and see. I think he's a guy that when he does get up in the Cup Series, as he has shown throughout his career, it's going to take time. He's going to have you just got to take your time with him, let him progress naturally. And I think he, he could definitely turn into a star in the Cup Series as well as he's been in the Xfinity Series. Now, come Sunday, it was time for the Cup Series stars to have their turn at the high banks of Talladega. Uh, Christopher Bell and Martin Truex Jr. would start on the front row. They had a solid qualifying effort for Toyota. It was a quiet stage one. Uh, it ended actually with a crash where Daniel Hemrick, going into turns three and four, lost his engine, and he had Austin Dillon right up under him, pushing him in the draft. Austin Dillon really didn't have anything else he could have done and wound up getting Hemrick out of shape. Hemrick kind of darts down the track and winds up shooting back up, collecting uh Chase Briscoe and Chris Busher. Uh, Chase had a, a very hard hit in this wreck. Uh, it was probably the most damage we've seen on these next-gen cars, and he, he seemed you know, pretty good. The car seemed like it held up pretty well. So that was the, the first real test we had seen as far as a bunch of damage on a next-gen car. And that would end stage one. Everybody had played really nice up to that point, and even this crash. You know, it wasn't a whole lot anybody could do. It was just one of those racing incidents. Daniel's motor lets out in the middle of the draft. I mean, it's just a bad situation to be in. And Bubba Wallace wound up getting the stage win. Uh, Kyle Larson finished in second, followed by Christopher Bell in third. He had William Byron in fourth and Martin Truex Jr. in fifth. Chase Elliott finished in sixth, followed by Kurt Busch in seventh. Eric Jones able to finish in eighth and Alex Bowman in ninth. And then you had Ricky Stenhouse Jr. rounding out the top ten. And from... From there, uh, as stage two got going, halfway through the stage, it had been relatively calm up till this point. You had a good-sized wreck going into turn one on a restart. Uh, Bubba Wallace was pushing Joey Logano. They were on the outside lane about the third or fourth row, and the car started to get bottled up in front of them as they were you know, making moves to the inside or trying to get in line. Bubba winds up spinning Joey Logano head on into the uh, outside wall or, well, angled into the outside wall. Uh, and Joey bounces right back down the track, winds up taking out Ty Dillon, who had nowhere to go. Daniel Suarez got heavy damage. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Cole Custer, and Harrison Burton, just a you know, handful of drivers who were involved in that. And so that ended what was looking like it could have been a promising day for drivers like Dillon, Suarez, and Ricky Stenhouse Ty, obviously trying to build off his momentum, his top 10 at Bristol Dirt last week, was having a solid day running in the top 15, top 20, which really at Talladega, you're just trying to make it to the end to get yourself in position to get a good top 10, top 5 finish, which Ty's capable of doing. Daniel Suarez, uh, he was kind of my dark horse pick for the weekend. His results may not show up, but he is relatively good at these super speedway races. Nearly got his first career win there uh, years ago when he was driving for Joe Gibbs Racing in the 19 car. 
Uh, Ricky Stenhouse, obviously, his two career wins have come at Daytona and Talladega, and this was an opportunity for him to get a win, lock himself into the playoffs, but none of that came to pass, unfortunately, for these drivers. Um, and that was most of the action for Stage 2. William Byron came away with the stage win and Chase Elliott in second. Kyle Larson got a third-place finish in this stage, followed by Martin Trex Jr. in fourth, Alex Bowman in fifth, followed by Kyle Busch in sixth. Eric Almarola was able to finish in seventh, followed by Eric Jones in eighth, Ross Chastain in ninth, and Kurt Busch in tenth. And after the, the crash with Joey Logano, uh, there was only one more single car spin with Cody Ware in the 51, and that would be the last natural caution of the race. All 63 laps of stage three were uh, run under green. So I looked at the stats uh, on racing reference. In the past five races, all but one race hasn't went to overtime, and that was Bubba Wallace's win last year at the rain-shortened race in the fall. So these races are normally, you know, it can get crazy there towards the end. But for some reason, whether it's the new car or, or the wreck we had with Logano knocked out, knocked out enough people to where it just wasn't a big threat to have the big one. Either way, the drivers were able to stay, you know, mind their P's and Q's and finish the race cleanly overall until they came to the checkered flag, which we'll discuss here in a second. And I love these long green flag runs to end super speedways. It just seems like it's just so rare. But seeing the drivers really kind of push the limits, going all over the track, trying to get, you know, momentum and a run, watching strategies playing out, like who, which driver's working with who, you know, if a driver gets put out of line and falls back, you know, how fast can he get back up there? It, it can be really entertaining. To me, that's more entertaining than the seeing the big wrecks and who survives it and who has a chance at the win. I, I love it when we just get these natural green finishes, let the guys settle it between themselves. Uh, as the race was coming down to its end, things were shaking out. Eric Jones, he looked to be the guy to beat. You also had Bubba Wallace and Ryan Blaney. Ross Chastain had worked his way in the mix. You still, so you still had some heavy hitters up there for the super speedway races go. And it, but Eric Jones looked to be the guy they were going to have to get around to win. They wound up going single file after they had the final pit stops, just simply logging laps, trying to get this last run ready and get to the checkered flag and put yourself in a position to win. With about 14 laps to go, that's when you saw the intensity kind of start picking up. You saw drivers start going to the outside, building up that outside lane, trying to get the momentum up there. Uh, Eric Jones, he was able to secure the lead with three laps to go after having battled with Larson for a handful of laps. You know, Larson would get ahead for a little bit, then Jones. And ultimately, Eric was able to get around him and... Pretty much like clockwork at these races, it, mayhem breaks loose on the last lap as they're going in the tri-oval. It's the last you know dash to get to the line to get the position you can get. If you're far enough up, your last chance to get a good run at the win, and everyone kind of spreads out. Larson winds up getting going up the track, whether it was to make a move to the outside of Ross Chastain or of Eric Jones, excuse me or if he was bumped by Ross Chastain, has been the, the debate. Uh, looking at the TV angle, the cameras that I could see on my screen, I, I couldn't tell you either way. It looks like you know it's 50-50 if Ross just got Kyle Larson the wrong way or hit him too hard in the travel and sent him up the track a little bit, or if Kyle was having some momentum and trying to make the last run at it. I don't know. Either way, it wound up sending Kurt Busch into the outside wall, 
And as he's coming back down the track, he wound up collecting his teammate, Bubba Wallace, who went head on into the wall. And when all this was shaken out, Corey LaJoy gets spun just before the start-finish line. Ross Chastain was able to get the win. Uh, when Eric Jones goes to make a block on Kyle Larson with that outside move, I guess Eric thought, oh, this is it right here. Got to make my move. When really, it looked, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but Larson didn't have the momentum to really get around him. If Eric had stayed his line, he probably would have wound up winning the race. Um, but, you know, in the heat of the moment, Checkered flags right there. Eric's going to do what he thinks he's got to do to get that win, to lock himself in. Ross Chastain, as I said, he gets the win. Austin Dillon was able to come through with a second-place finish, followed by Kyle Busch in third. You had Kyle Larson finish in fourth and Martin Truex Jr. in fifth. Eric Jones was wound up coming home in sixth, so not the best finish for him, but still a good top ten. Chase Elliott would finish in seventh, followed by Michael McDowell in eighth, Alex Bowman in ninth, and Kevin Harvick quietly finished in the tenth place. So with the checkered flag falling, the question, and I didn't see too much of it on social media, but is it time to consider Ross Chastain a championship contender, or is there more work for him to be done? You know, can he keep this momentum up season long? And that's every year, you know, you see a driver get hot early, and, you know, as the summer picks up, they, we get closer to the playoffs, the momentum kind of starts going away from them. So it's going to be interesting, not so much in the next few races, but probably the next couple months as we get into June and July, see where Ross is as far as running. But, I mean, him and track house racing as a whole have come out swinging this year with this new car. They have really impressed and surprised a lot of people, uh, including myself. I mean, I figured you could see Suarez and Chastain get a win. You know, that wasn't too far out of the question. But for the runs they've had, the momentum they've had, the finishes they've had, they have truly shown they are here, you know, for good. Oh, I say for good, but at least consistently. They had a good, solid first season last year with Suarez. They had some flashes. And this year with the addition of Ross Chastain and then taking over Chip Ganassi Racing, they have just taken it, that team, and ran with it. Suarez, obviously the pressure is on him to get a win as well and to start performing better. Um, I, I think Suarez is a, a good driver. This is a good team, a good fit for him. So not necessarily throw any panic alarms as far as his tenure there with the team, but eyes are going to definitely be turning towards him, looking for him to be the next one to step up and get himself in the playoffs, get his 99 team in victory lane. But, you know, we'll, as far as Ross Chastain goes, it could be a very interesting playoffs between with him and William Byron being the two drivers with multiple wins this year. It's, there's some definitely some fresh faces up front, which is what this new car was supposed to do, and it has definitely delivered. So the the next gen car and these you know has definitely put the wheel back in the driver's hands per se, and you're seeing some different guys shine, and and I'm all here for it. And, and you know Eric Jones again nearly locks himself into the playoffs and gets that win. He had a good run at Auto Club Speedway earlier this year. He had a solid start to the season, and it just seems like he's been trying to get that momentum back to you know back to himself and his team. And he definitely impressed. He showed you know that they are a strong contender at Talladega and you know at Daytona where he got his first career win. I th- I think uh, I believe it was his first career win. I may be wrong. It was either there or Darlington. Excuse me, but. 
you know, it was it wouldn't so it wouldn't be out of the question if he's still searching for that win. Come Daytona, he's going to be the, a guy to watch with these next gen cars. How does Michigan race? That could be a track to watch him if the draft comes in play big time there. Same with Atlanta in July. So Eric still has some opportunities, um, but he's going to have to keep up the momentum and just be able to get himself in position at tracks other than these high bank super speedway type races. Um, Austin Dillon, another driver, you know, he's had a quietly solid year. As I said last week, he gets another strong finish and he's one top five away from tying his career best in a season. And if it hadn't been for a few tough races, you know, he, he probably would have already beat that by now. He had a few races there where he got, you know, taken out, whether it was by a crash or mechanical failures, but he has definitely quietly been, you know, knocking off top five, solid top 15 finishes. And, you know, where Tyler Reddick's the one going up there and getting the headlines for RCR in the Cup Series. Austin Dillon, he's, you know, just quietly clicking away, which has kind of been his MO for his career. He's not been the flashiest winner. Uh, I'd seen a stat on Racing Reference where in all the years uh, he's, you know, driven in the Cup Series, he has only led six career laps total. And he has three career wins. So he's not a guy that necessarily will go out and dominate the day, at least at this point in his career. That could always change. I mean, like Martin Truex Jr. But it, it always seems, you know, as the race winds down, he's there, you know, with the opportunity to get a good finish. And if he's up there towards the front to get a win, uh, he's shown in the past he can get it done. He definitely comes through with the victories. So, it's going to be fun to watch as the season progresses. you got all these drivers trying to make it in on points. We're getting all these different winners. It, you know, is How many positions and points is going to come down to purely points in the playoffs? Or will we have so many winners that it's going to come down to, to wins? We'll see. They're definitely, you know, has the next few weeks play out if we get any, extra, you know, new winners on the season. That is going to be where you see, you know, a lot of drivers back there like Austin Dillon, Eric Jones, who's kind of on the fringe, Daniel Suarez. You know, the pressure really pick up for these guys, and they're going to have to, you know, feel like they got to get the win to lock themselves in. Before we go over our spotlight drivers from over the Talladega weekend, one thing I did want to talk about was a media session Kyle Busch had over the weekend where – Kyle has is looking for a sponsor. He he is losing his longtime sponsor, Mars Company, uh, M and M, Skittles, Snickers. They are leaving where they have been with Kyle since the beginning at Joe Gibbs Racing. So uh, a pretty big hole that team needs to fill. So Kyle will be able to run next year with that team. Uh, he was asked by a media member. I'm not sure which one to be honest with you, but I did get this story from Dustin Long uh, on NBCSports.com. Kyle Busch was asked by the media when he wants his plans for next year known, when he wants everything settled. Kyle's answer to that was yesterday. Uh, he goes on to say that he's not getting antsy about it. If it happens, it happens. If not, then it's goodbye. And that kind of sent the media and fans into a frenzy just cause, you know, we got silly season getting ready to kick off and you know, it, it sent out a lot of questions. Right now, the only real ride that's up for grabs right now is the 10 car for Stuart Haas Racing with Eric Almarola retiring. Um, 
but obviously if Kyle Busch does not return to Joe Gibbs Racing, that would send off, you know, a reaction wave across every series in the sport, honestly. Um, to me, most likely, it's Kyle trying to send a message to the executives of Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing that, hey, we, we need to get a deal done. I'm tired of sitting around waiting. Uh, especially last week, he had done a media interview with Vice Chairman Corey Gibbs at Joe Gibbs Racing. So, and Corey Gibbs mentioned that they are talking to a couple people about sponsorship. So, I mean, obviously, Kyle is still a big, is about one of the biggest names in the sport with all his wins across the series and championships. So you would think a guy like Kyle Busch, he should be easy to, to get some sponsorship to last him for a whole season. But stranger things have happened in the sport. So, and Toyota execs, they, they were a little, they said they were disappointed in Kyle's comments. He, he made further comments throughout the interview with the media, you know, basically saying things such as, well, Joe Gibbs is the one to ask about that. Toyota's, you know, obviously they want to keep Kyle in the fold. They want him to retire a Toyota driver and a driver of Joe Gibbs Racing. So, like I said, it, there's not a whole lot other than speculation going on right now. You know, and then you could easily go down the rabbit hole as to what could happen. Obviously, you know, let's throw the scenario out there. They announced Kyle Busch is not coming back to the 18 car next year. You know, as I said, the only real big ride right now is the 10 car with Stuart Haas Racing. And Gene Haas, part owner of that team, he has done it plenty of times before where he has sponsored the car himself. He's done it for Kyle's brother, Kurt, done it for Cole Custer, for Daniel Suarez, and, and many drivers before Tony Stewart even came into the fold with that team. So if he gets the opportunity, if that team gets the opportunity to get a driver of Kyle Busch's caliber, I'm sure Gene will have no problem you know, wanting to foot the bill for that. And, and say, come on over. And that is where you would start getting, you know, the, the waves trickle down across the other series. You know, that opens up the 18 car. Is that, you know, does that put Ty Gibbs in the car that started it all for his grandfather, Joe Gibbs, in NASCAR? Um, and, and obviously Kyle Busch Motorsports in the truck series. They've been a big, you know, Toyota talent pipeline. You know, drivers have driven for Kyle Busch, such as Bubba Wallace, Eric Jones, Christopher Bell. You know Harrison Burton, a lot of big names. Even some of them may not be driving for Toyota now, but they have made their way to the Cup Series. All you know, thanks to Kyle Busch and his team. So obviously, what would happen with with that, and if his relationship with Toyota? As I said, it's a lot to speculate. There's nothing really to kind of break down or or go further into until an official announcement announcement is released. You know, and, and I would not be surprised if this is all just kind of, as I said, Kyle just pretty much sending a message. You know, Kyle's known to be brash with the media and has no problem putting his thoughts and opinions out there and playing games with the media. So, and I honestly don't blame him. I, I think uh, it's, a, it's a bold move on his part. So we'll see how that shakes out. So silly season, like I said, is about to kick off. And... It's just a matter of, you know, here in the next couple of months, we're going to be hearing rumors about drivers not returning to teams or, you know, teams looking at this person, and it goes downhill from there, and it don't take much to get things rolling with Silly Season. And jumping right back into our spotlight drivers, starting out for the Xfinity Series, I feel like there's no other choice other than Jeffrey Earnhardt and his run in the three-car this was his first top five since 2019 when he had a 
about he had made seven starts with Joe Gibbs Racing, and he had more starts planned with Joe Gibbs, but he had sponsorship issues fall through. But he had made seven starts. He had one top five, three top tens. As I'd said earlier in the Xfinity portion of our show, you know, he's ran most of his career in middle to lower funded teams. And he's had, you know, some sparingly opportunities with bigger teams and has done decent with them. So, you know, it's going to be a matter of now, does he get another opportunity with Richard Childress Racing or another team? in running Xfinity Series. So we will see on that, but he was definitely the spotlight driver. He was the main storyline all week and, and going into the race. He was able to handle that pressure, handle driving that three car, and performed very well. It came very close to getting a win, which would have been the probably the fan favorite win of the season. Ultimately finished second, which is still a good solid day for him. And, you know, now we just keep sit back and keep watch on what happens with his season. And over in the Cup Series... My spotlight driver is Kyle Larson. Now, Kyle Larson, he, you know, obviously went on a tear last year, winning all those races in the championship and his return season with Hendrick Motorsports. This year, he, he's had a, a quietly good season. He's not, you know, pulling into victory lane almost every week like it seemed like last year. But he has had a, a pretty good season. He's already got a win at Auto Club. And at, the reason he's my spotlight driver was this was at Talladega. He finished fourth. Yeah, fourth, and that was his first top five on any super speedway, Daytona, Talladega. Um, he was in the mix all day, running up front, leading laps, and there towards the end looked to be, you know, in a good position to get the race win. Ultimately, he came away, like I said, with the fourth place finish, and he seemed pretty happy with that, pretty pleased with that finish. Said it felt like a win for him. So for him to come out of Talladega, car in one piece, solid points day, solid finish. Yeah, there, he, he is my spotlight driver for the Talladega race on Sunday. So looking ahead to this upcoming weekend's race at Dover Speedway, you'll have action from the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. Uh, on the Xfinity side, Austin Sendrick is the defending winner at Dover. Uh, obviously, he is no longer in the Xfinity Series, so somebody new could very well be holding up the trophy at the end of the race. You do have uh, Justin Allgaier, who has two wins overall at Dover. And an interesting stat, unless uh, Cole Custer enters into the race, Justin is the only active Xfinity driver right now that has a win at Dover. So he, he's definitely going to be looking to get his third win there overall. He'll have a good shot to do it. He will have to battle probably one of his teammates, Josh Berry, who finished second there last year. Obviously, Ty Gibbs, he's the hot hand this year in the Xfinity side. I'm sure he'll be competitive. Um, so we very well could see somebody new lifting the uh, Dover Monster Trophy. On the cup side, Alex Bowman, he is the defending race winner on that side. Last year is when uh, Hendrick Motorsports, they finished first, second, third, and fourth. They, they swept the first four positions. Larson, he had been the dominant guy all day, but Bowman – was able to come away with the victory there at the end. He had a very solid car as well. I do not foresee that kind of dominance for one team going into this weekend's race. Uh, you'll obviously watch Larson and Bowman, but uh, it's all due to this next-gen car. This is definitely one another track with a question mark on it. How will the cars perform on it? Uh, from what I've read, NASCAR is not applying any PJ1 or resin for grip 
to the track. So it's going to be interesting to see how the track rubbers up, how the lanes fold out. Um, so it's, it's a lot of unknowns going into this weekend's race. Not sure who you could peg as the guy to watch. Um, we'll know more by practice, see who's had the quicker times, who's got the overall best 10-lap average, 20-lap average. Um, Kyle Busch, he's always been very good at Dover. Can he build off the momentum he's built over the last couple of weeks and get another victory? Truex is another guy to watch at Dover. But Ross Chastain has shown he can get up there and wheel it. Daniel Suarez, he finished in the top 10 there last year. So it's going to be interesting to see who rises to the occasion and gets the win. Will it be somebody new and add another winner to the playoff bracket? We will find out soon enough. I want to thank you for joining me again and listening along. Be sure if you haven't already to hit that subscribe button on your Apple Podcast app or you can hit subscribe on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can also find me on anchor.fm slash 3wide3 as well as follow me on Twitter at the Twitter handle 3wide3. I hope y'all have a good rest of your week and we'll meet same time next week and discuss what went down on the Monster Mile.